Howard Tolman's article on Inc.com today is just a stark reminder that times are changing. Our conversation is sponsored by CareerVision.org. Boy, you packed a lot into that article, Howard. Well, you know, these are complicated times, and I think that uh, as the workforce comes back to the office, that uh, the managers, the leaders, you know, the people that are the business builders are going to really have to step up because it's it's a terribly confused time, and, and everybody is wondering, you know, what, what's the future going to look like? And so I think that uh, it's not going to come from elsewhere. You know, I mean, we've managed to lose our, you know, belief in almost every institution in this country, which is pretty sad, but it's how it is. And, and so it's left to, you know, it's whatever the Grateful Dead once said, you know, it's, it's embarrassing that it's up to us, but <laughs> we may be the only people left, you know. Uh, but I think it's it's really right. I think that uh, leaders have to step up and they have to say they're committed and they have to say we've had tough times before. And uh, they also have to not settle for, you know, half a loaf. I mean, we really still have to have our heads up and we have to be shooting for building things that are important and that are going to matter and make a difference in people's lives. So all of that is sort of rolled into that. But, you know, it's hard. I I hope today we'll have, we won't get the final answers, but hopefully today we'll take a step forward in the city to getting some new leadership. And that's just the beginning uh, of stuff. Yeah, Howard was a longtime CEO of 1871 in Chicago, which is an entrepreneurial hub for digital startups. It was ranked, is ranked number one in the world. And He's he's wore so many hats during his life, but he is currently the general managing partner for Chicago High Tech Investment Partners. And uh, and his column on Inc.com that we're talking about, read by millions of people, it's titled, Why You'll Need to Become a Different Kind of Leader. The leadership vacuum created by Washington leaves us without people we can look up to. Entrepreneurs can fill that role, but you need to step up your game. And then you listed four ways to do it. So what government is not getting done, you are suggesting that business leaders need to step in and accomplish. Yeah, look, I I think that actually in the last two years, I mean, my, my article is perspective, okay? In the last two years, frankly, Biden's administration got a fair amount of things done. They got... The CHIPS Act passed. They got all this money for infrastructure. They got their arms around COVID. I'm just concerned because the next two years, I think nothing will get done. I mean, even if the Democrats hope for that to happen, I think that the the people in the House are just going to be obstructionist and, and vice versa. So I, I think that we're in for two years of nothing happening in Washington. And so it's going to have to happen in the business community. It's going to have to happen in you know, other organizations that are really focused on trying to make change happen and and improve what's going on. I mean, I'm very excited about a new test at McDonald's that's going on in Kentucky. They're thinking about having Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) That's why. That I can really get get into. (laughs) (laughs) That was always the thing. You can't get them when you want them because you're not sure where to find them, at least in this area. So, yeah, that's a brilliant partnership. Um, You said that the loss of more than a million American lives through COVID-19 has shaken everyone's belief in our competence and ability to handle the next crisis, or there's not a truer statement. Well, look, we don't, you know, we don't get any credit. I mean, we don't, you know, these idiots in Washington are still 
debating where the virus came from, but nobody in the world is using Russian vaccines. Nobody in the world is using Chinese vaccines. I mean, the truth is America continues to lead the world in innovation, in medicine, in all of these areas. And, you know, we still have to be proud of that, and we have to try and move forward. But, look, you know, you still have people, we have people that we know who are, suffering from COVID and won't take the, you know, the drug that's now available to keep the complications from becoming much more substantial. And I don't know what you tell people after you tell them that, you know, if you don't believe in science, if you don't believe in medicine, if you don't believe in religion, you don't believe in government. I mean, what are you doing with your life? You know, so these are these are complicated times. But as they say, I'm, I'm very hopeful that we'll get our arms around crime in the city that will get some new leadership and that will get uh, on the right track. And and by the way, I think to do that, you have to do it in an affirmative fashion. You can't do it in a critical fashion constantly and, you know, picking fights with people and taking people on. I mean, I think that that's a very important aspect of leadership that, again, got sort of pushed to the side. Do you think Lori Lightfoot and Paul Vallis will be the two front runners? You know, I I think that there's a chance that Brandon might be the second slot. I honestly think that uh, that's a possibility. I think Chewy fell off dramatically, and, um, you know, I think that, truthfully, uh, I think the Vallis campaign would love to have Laurie be the opponent uh, for all kinds of reasons, but um, I think that uh, we, we just aren't going to know, and we may not know for, for a few days. The, right. The people I talked to today and yesterday are of the view that the spread between the number two and three positions is going to be larger than anybody thinks, and that should make it definitive. But between the mail-in ballots and the other stuff that's going on, we could have a recount for the second-place position. As, and that, you know, Yeah, that as a couple hours things. ago, they just said 21% of the city, that, that was it, a 21% turnout. That was a couple hours ago. And only 2% of 18- to 24-year-olds had voted in the Chicago mayoral election. And the majority of people who voted between the ages of 65 and 74. Yeah, well, the good news is that the, the mail-in votes have been substantial. And uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, that's that's good news, at least in terms of participation. But look, this happened the last time. You know, we had uh, we had Laurie and Tony and nobody showed up. And, you know, it's disgusting. I mean, you know, if you don't care about your city, then don't vote. But, you know, when you also have Laurie saying, if you're not going to vote for me, don't vote for anybody. That's a horrible message. I mean, we you know, we have to get back to. The idea that we're part of a participatory democracy and everybody has a role. And if you don't vote, you don't count. I mean, it's just the bottom line. And how is it that Chewy didn't seem to put his full effort behind his campaign? You know, I thought I think it started with him being a mug wump, which is, you know, your mug is on half the fence and your wump is on the other. And because he didn't start his campaign until he knew that he could keep his job in Congress, I think that that just sent a horrible message to the whole world. It's like, make up your mind, you know, if you really are so tentative that you want to keep your day job instead of running for mayor, then how can we believe that you're really enthusiastic and you're really going to do a great job for the city? And I don't think he ever recovered from that. And, And you know, the... 
go before ahead. before I let you go, what do you think about the police councils? Do you think voters really were aware that that was an option? That was, and that was the that was the most poorly presented and managed thing of anything in this in the history of the city. I don't think ninety nine percent of the people in the city even understood that there were going to be people running. I mean, I don't think anybody publicized it. I don't think, you know, we've sent notes to the candidates uh, are uh, asking them, are they being paid? Is it an official position? Are they advisors? What is their job description? Nobody knows anything about these things. I mean, it's insane. And so, so you know, a few people, I guess three people or something, are going to be elected to each of these consuls, and uh, nobody has a clue as to what that means. It's just... It's just embarrassing, frankly. It really is. Thank you so much for joining us, Howard. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. Howard Tolman, his article is on Inc.com. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. WGN.